0: back with the Sioux City Journal Preps podcast on SiouxCityJournal.com. Thank you so much for joining us once again during this fall season. My name is Zach James. I'm the assistant sports editor for the Sioux City Journal. And joining me, as always, is Sioux City Journal sports editor, Justin Russ. Coming up in this podcast, we'll talk a more about the high school football season and what we learned from this past week and what we'll see coming up this week. And if we have enough time, we'll talk about the uh, high school volleyball and the high school cross-country scenes as well. But, Justin, let's jump into it here on the Iowa side. Uh, we have plenty of ranked teams on the Iowa side, ranked once again in this week's Iowa Associated Press Bowl. Plenty of teams in, in Class 2A, like we talked about last week, in that loaded district of West Lions, Central Lion George Little Rocks, uh, Unity, and Sioux Center. Um, I guess let's start there again. Oh, well, let's start with the Metro versus the Metro. We are in Sioux City uh, at all. Um, some good weeks out of the Metro. Uh, I think some teams started to learn who they were. What were you, some of your biggest takeaways in terms of the Metro high school football scene from last week? Welcome in.
1: Uh, well, I'll start with Sergeant Bluff Luton. They um, picked up a nice one over yes. Bluff Rock Valley. That's a team you know we didn't know what to. Yeah. Boyd and Rock Valley had been a bit down coming into it, and they showed a lot of fight in that, and that's good. Uh, you know, Cody Noble did run well, which we thought. Um, passing was a little erratic, but not awful. So um, Sergeant Bluff was able to run on them, though. That was the key yeah. thing, too. And then they got the then they got the late score from Tyler Smith there, too. So we, we saw a lot of maturity out of Tyler Smith to know to make uh-huh. that call to run into the end zone for that, to make the read off that. And then we saw Caden Helt run all over the place, Uh Four big long runs, showing he is a he is a major major uh, running back player, and not only this area but in four A. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, three A. So that was a big one for Sergeant Bluff. Uh, um, you know that kind of nice win to get things going, um, and such. We'll, we'll see how they keep it up. I think the defense needs a little a little bit of work yet. Thirty five points against Boyden Hall Rock Valley is, is a lot of points, um, especially to a Boyden Hall Rock Valley team that. Um, had, hadn't scored, uh, had had 20 total points coming into the game. And granted, that is against Westline and Western Christian, but that's kind of where Sergeant Bluff's defense wants to be too is, is to those two levels of those two schools. So they've got Lamars. they got Storm Lake the next two weeks for the, for rivalry game with Heelan. So this week against Lamars is a get-right game for the defense against an offense that is clearly struggling for Lamars right now.
0: Yeah, I was at the game on Friday night between the Nighthawks and the Warriors, and that was such a fun game to be at, even in the rain. I think the rain had a little bit to do with it, but just seeing Caden help do what he was doing, uh, running for 265 rushing net yards and then having a couple late big receptions to help that final drive, Help was just explosive, And, and he talked about that in this week's Metro Athlete of the Week story and saying, I I thought it was interesting how he talked about how the game is slowing down for him. And when the game slows down for you, no matter what sport, football, basketball, baseball, when the game slows down for you, things come. I don't necessarily want to say easier, but things, things are less difficult. And it's, it just seemed like with Caden, once he saw the hole, he just went right after it. And, And Boyden Hall couldn't really do much with help. Once he broke the line of scrimmage. So, uh, I was really pleased to see help do what he he did, and it was just interesting to get hit to get his perspective of um just of how he sees things slow slow down on the field, but not necessarily in film. I was really intrigued by that, and I was also intrigued by how the Nighthawks' offense came back in the second half. Now, granted, I do agree with you, Sergeant Bluff does need to work on some things defensively, but for the Nighthawks to come back the way that they did. Their first drive was really good, but they did, couldn't really get anything going in the rest of that first half. And I was sitting right by the Boarding Hall Rock Valley um, halftime huddle because I, I could be in the press box due to social distancing. And I completely understand that. But being next to the Nighthawks huddle, I wanted to pat, pat up and play. And I didn't even play high school football. So, for the, for the Nighthawks to come back and, and rally the way that they did, I do respect them for that. Um, I do feel for, for their disappointment in um, that disappointing, heartbreaking last-second loss. But I, I think the Nighthawks are headed in the right direction.
1: Yeah, their last four games are all winnable. You know, Bishop, Healy, Lamar, Spencer, Storm Lake. So, if this was a get-right game for their offense, they got the next four opponents to really try and do it again. Right. Um, Healens defense has traditionally been strong, but they did give a lot of points to East. They had to give up 34 points to Storm Lake this past week, so th- this is a time for for uh, Boyden Hall's offense to get going. It's, it's a nice stretch for them right here uh, for that for Boyden Hall. So, especially at the home game uh, for them this upcoming week, so. right? Right. Oh God, East for is... East versus West. Um, uh, it was a tight game early. Uh, Sioux City East only seven points in the first quarter. West came back to tie it, then East blew up for a 37-point second quarter and really took control of the game, and that was big there too. Uh, the one thing is, I need to get out to quicker starts. Uh, Coach Webb kind of said that too. Uh-huh. Um, you know, West is working a bunch of things, and that they do have a decent defense at times, or an no, okay defense at times, I should say. Um, a lot of it was through the air. Uh, they Luke Longval passed for 263 yards and three touchdowns. Only had to throw it 21 times to do that. You know. They they rushed the ball well, 4.4 uh, 4 yards per carry. But the fact is they spread the ball around. Uh, Zach Peplenski had four receptions for 61 yards. Um, Ethan Brayfogle had a couple catches. Yeah. Bennett Vanderloo had a couple nice plays. So um, that's the thing. The defense is spread out, too. Brayfogle, who's been getting double-digit tackles, only had three and a half. So it was well-rounded. Dom Bailey, 3.5 tackles for loss. Ryan Crawford, 3.5 tackles for loss. Cameron uh, Sweat two tackles for a loss so it's it a good defensive performance so but the key for them will be starting off strong but that offense got rolling against west in the second half and they really took control of the game they should have yes um uh north north was a big one i thought
0: um, i do. Too. yes i agree you
1: know because i didn't know how they perform against thomas jefferson a team that's really down um you know north has been down a lot during the years and they completely dominated this game. They scored 24 points in the first quarter. Gavin Hoggy was 11 out of 11 passing. That's a kid that struggled mightily against Helan. 11 out of 11, five touchdowns, 285 yards. You know, he had a big bounce back game. Yes, it's against a really bad opponent. So we'll, we'll see what they do next. Um, I believe they, ha- they have East this week. So, you know, you need to keep that going. We talked about East starting slow this past week. They do again. North has to take complete advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Dante Hansen, by the way, is an absolute player on that field, an absolute athlete. Great athlete. receptions, yeah, three, three receptions, 123 yards, three touchdowns. He also uh, had an inter- he also had uh, interception. He had two interceptions. He turned one for a touchdown. So he, he's been really solid for them on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Evan Helvig had a nice game, two, four receptions, 102 yards, two touchdowns. So. You know, we've said Gavin Hoggy's got the people to pass to. He's just got to be more accurate. 11 out of 11 shows he was a lot more accurate in that in that game. Now the key is, can North keep this up against East? They're not going to score 55 points against East. They're really nope, not. they're not. If East can start, you know, their defense has played well in their two wins. If they can do it again against North and slow them down, it, the key is here, if, if North can start quick and East not, It could be an upset, but we'll see. I got to give the advantage to East, but it's really nice seeing North throw 55 points on the board for the second time this season, the last time against South Sioux.
0: Yeah, just bouncing back on Dante for a second, I think he's going to have a great senior year uh, at North. He's he's off to a great start this year in football. I can see him being the leading scorer in basketball so far. And then I think he's going to be great as a center fielder for the Stars in the summer. So I do see a lot of good things out of uh, Dante coming up this summer. Another good team who had a nice bounce-back win uh, over the week last week was Dakota Valley. They beat Milbank 48-14. to Kobe June had a big, long touchdown run that kind of set the tone for the Panthers last week. And Justin, that was huge for the Panthers to get just a win on the schedule. A really
1: tough schedule, but... They had
0: to get a win to keep some momentum going.
1: They really didn't. To have, for Kobe June to have that big first play, he had a, he had a big game in general. Um, but for that first play, he's their biggest playmaker uh, for them. And, and he really got rolling. And the defense played perhaps its best game right there. Yes, the first two teams they played are really good. Madison's ranked number two in 11A. Yankton, yes, Yankton plowed over Dakota Valley. Guess what they're ranked in 11 double. double I'm going to guess one or two. They are number one after they upset Pierre this past week. All right. So those are two juggernauts right there. So it was a much-needed bounce back game. Bill Banks a good team. They came in 2-1, and and Kobe June got that play right away, the first play from scrimmage, and he goes off to the races. He's a big-time playmaker. This is going to be a huge spark for Dakota Valley going forward. It's still a tough schedule, but I don't know if it gets much tougher than facing – madison and yankton to start the season no. so, so if they if they can bounce back from this this millbank win and carry that over i just it always felt they're better than those two losses and, and i think they got something really rolling this past week you know you can never count jeff's teams out so nope. like i said you're gonna roll behind kobe june that's gonna open up a lot for you the defense played so well this week uh, that, that i think it was a shutout so dakota valley Huge bounce back, especially that. Like I said that defense, the offenses they've been playing the first two weeks. They didn't really get, I think they gave up 22 to, to Madison, so they didn't give up a huge amount of points. So, so the defense to have that type of game at 51 points against Yankton, it showed the confidence was still there, showed that they still had the, the, the playmaking ability. That defense really showed out uh, this past week for Dakota Valley.
0: Do you think that the Panthers can continue that momentum? They have Sue Falls Christian coming up on Friday. Do you think they can continue that momentum? and get a road
1: win at SFC? It'll be interesting. That'll be a tight game like it always has been between those two teams. So I think, I think that'll be a close game. I, I, think, I think we saw what, what Dakota Valley is this past week, how good they are. I just think they ran into two bus saws the first two weeks. Yes, I
0: agree. I agree. And hopefully they can, they can turn the table here as we head to, through September and into October. Now let's, uh, well, let's do a quick hit on South 2 Let's give them a, a little bit of a shout-out you so can't
1: street. you can't fall behind thirty five nothing that's true that's that's there and and, and you know that, that's what I gotta say about that they, they 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 kept going they kept scoring but you can't fall behind 35 nothing they're never really in that game um need to have a much better start to the game than that you know uh-huh. it, it was it was it was a really bad start for south soon that's kind of it's kind of the thing which they they're two and two are 2 and 2 or they're, they're yeah they're one and they're one and three now they they really have to find ways to to get better, just to flat out get better. And, and I, I don't, I don't know what it is there, but you can't fall behind 35, nothing. Yep. So um, Bishop Heelan loses 34, 24 to Storm Lake. Storm Lake had a big second half in this, in this game. They scored 28 points in the second half. Um, Nathan favors the numbers local K of 14, for 23, 190 yards and a touchdown, but the offense wasn't there in the second half, so something wasn't clicking. They couldn't sustain drives, so, so something was there. It was 13.6 yards per carry, so, so the question is what wasn't clicking. So Devon, Devon A. West rushed for 5.3 yards per carry. So they had 14 points in the second half, but seven of those points in the fourth quarter came when they were behind big. So I don't know what wasn't clicking for them in that game offensively. The stats look fine which makes the, the, the stats look fine, but they couldn't sustain drives. Well, They couldn't finish off, excuse me, couldn't finish off drives is what was happening. Carter mm-hmm. Whelan, another big game, three sacks, four tackles for losses. Braden Pratt, seven and a half tackles. So, you know, the, the stats look good. They really do. But after that it, – it, the stats look good, but they gave it 34 points on defense, and they only had 17. They fell behind; there down down uh, big in this one in the second half. So the stats look fine, but you know they must not have been able to keep drives going um, and such, or, or there was turnovers. So something wasn't clicking in this game against Storm Lake, which they desperately needed. Storm Lake's now one and two, so the Crusaders have a big bounce back game this week against Boyden Hall Rock Valley against a team that also needs a big bounce back in Boyden Hall. Yep. So yep. Uh, we'll see how, how Heelan responds in a week. You're listening to
0: the SCJ Preps podcast here on com. I'm Zach James. He's Justin Arrests. We're going through now the area uh, teams coming up from last week and this week going into the Sioux way now. And Justin, let's just jump back into that big 2A District 1 mix there. we got four ranked teams, West Lion at third this week in the Associated Press poll. Central line Georgia Little Rockets fourth. I should mention both the Wildcats and Lions both did receive a first-place vote. Um, we're both voters. I did not vote. Uh, the Wildcats are alliance in first place, but someone obviously did in the state. Soup Center is sixth at 3 0, and Unity Christian is 2 and 1, sitting in ninth place ahead, uh, sitting between Esferral Link- Lincoln Central at eighth and Monticello at tenth. Um, I'll, I'll ask you, Justin, who did you pick in your Class 2A poll for, for number one there?
1: Uh, I picked. I went with uh, Williamsburg, PCM, Westline, Central Line, George Little Rock, Walk On, Unity, Sioux Center, Garner, Hayfield, Ventura, Esterville, Lincoln Central, and West Marshall.
0: Uh, someone wrote down their poll. I did not. Uh, I voted
1: for PCM. Um, I, I, I I have to write down my poll so I remember who I voted for. Fair for enough. The next, week. I don't.
0: <laughs> fair enough. I don't. I just look at I'm... who fared. Look at whether you won or lost. Whether if I like you a little bit and then I just go forward with that. But but PCM just has three big wins on the season, especially against one to Pella Christian. That's why I put him number one. I, Pella I, Christian I, is not good. No, they're not. They, we we learned that. Pella Christian is not good. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I I, I had to go with PCM there. But uh, West Line and Central Line George Little Rock certainly are in that conversation with yeah. uh, the Raiders and the Mustangs. Um what do you see about the? What do you say about the Wildcats and Lions going forward into
1: Week Four? I'll start with the with Central Lion. They faced a really good opponent, Unity Christian, this week, and Unity Christian was able to slow down their running game. You know, they, they limited Kalen Meyer. They limited uh, Cooper Speece. They had issues against Zach Lutmer, which everyone's going to have issues against quarterback Zach Lutmer. 126 yards, 18 carries, touchdown, uh, seven yards per carry. He also completed five and nine for. 91 yards in the touchdown to Luke Rasmussen. So Zach Lutmer is something no one has an answer to right now. So um, I believe he's had over 200 yards of total offense in every game so far. Um, you know Unity's defense uh, really tightened up in the second half. Um, Central Lion scored 14 points in the second quarter. The thing is Unity's offense never got going against Central Lion. Um, they could not run the ball. Uh, 2.9 yards per carry. Uh, Clayton Bozeman was eight sixteen passing, ten point six yards per uh, completion. Um, you know, Tanner Skolton had five receptions, forty three yards. The Lions kept him in check because he only had eight point six yards per reception. That's their big, you know, receiver right there. And, and Bo, uh, Bozeman with an interception. So Central Lions defense really locked down on Unity, and that was kind of the key there. Um, so it was interesting to see how both defense would react. Central line made the plays when they needed to offensively in there to get those 21 points. Um, just three tackles for loss. Uh, and actually two of them were from Josh Reby. Oh, <laughs> gosh, that's just, that's just a, a wrestling front seven right there. Is that Dylan Winkle, Josh Reby, um, uh, Kalen Meyer. Jeez, uh, he, you love to see that. You just, you just <laughs> You just love to see that. Oh my gosh. My bias is showing there. but So they they really got around that. Um, Jacob Drake's had a really good game for Unity, by the way. Ten tackles, two for a loss. But I think that helped disrupt the Lions' running game a little bit. But like I said, Lutmer still got his yards. He played really well against a really good defense. And, and Central Lions' defense really locked down on – Central Lion George Little Rock's defense really locked down on Unity. And they've got Sheldon this week. I, I see them – I see the Lions having no problem with Unity. Now flipping the script to West Lion here, West Lion does have Unity this week. Mm -hmm. Will Unity be able to bounce back against what is another very tough defense in West? Stop me if you've heard this before. West Lion's got a good defense, so I I have heard that before. Yeah, dating back to what 1995, (laughs) since basically Jay took over. So they've allowed a grand total of 12 points this season. That was all against Storm Mm -hmm. Lake. Yeah. So, um, the the lions are firing on all cylinders again this week. Twenty eight points in the first half, seven in the second half. They kind of rotated some guys in in that second half um, and such on the ground. So Tanner Severson, fourteen yard, fourteen carries, eighty six yards, two touchdowns. Um, so six point one yards per carry. So that, that he's he's been having a very nice senior season for them on the ground. Uh, Zach Van Beek rushed forty five, passed for. 450 on 611. You know, MLC Floyd Valley is not that good. They're just flat out not that good. So they didn't get up any points, which is key. I mean, they had seven tackles for losses in this game. Um, two interceptions by Jackson Kramer. Jackson kramer's playing so well in that defensive backfield that I don't know how Clayton Balsam is going to be able to. I, I would imagine Jackson Kramer is the one you see on Tanner uh, Scoton this week. Um, I, I That's a really good matchup right there. That slows them down. I, once again, I, I think West Lion's defense locks down. I don't know how Unity's going to get the points here. But I'm interested to see how many points West Lion scores this week, just like Central Lion, George Little Rock against Unity. So I, I really feel that Unity's facing the cream of the crop right now. Yeah. Uh, maybe in 2A, to be honest. You know, if there's somehow we get a Central Lion, George Little Rock, West Lion you know, late season game, late postseason game. We're already right. getting late season with the beef bowl, but th- this this could be West Sioux and West Lion all over again, to be honest, <laughs> from last year, just just to class up. So so for Unity is tough trust. I, I, I think it was good Unity held Central Lion George Little Rock to twenty one points. We'll see how their defense plays against a, a tough but not as potent offense of West Lions this week.
0: I just want to play devil's advocate for a second. So, say the pandemic isn't happening right now, and the old playoff rules are in place with the UIPI and things like that. Would you need be a playoff team since you're facing the cream of the crop in two A?
1: Yes, I really do, because I think their two losses would be, to Central Line, Georgia Little Rock, and West Line. I think they'd, they'd easily beat Sheldon, they'd easily beat MLC Floyd Valley, and I think they'd beat Sioux Center. And yes, they would have had a tough non-conference, but even if they have, take a loss in the non-conference, that's three losses there in the playoffs, I believe. Yep. Yeah. And so thankfully, that, yeah, thankfully I, the I,
0: playoffs, everyone gets in the playoffs, yeah. issue. you. So thankfully, the the uh, Knights don't have to worry about that, necessarily, but but... Yeah. I, I just think of Knights are in that position, kind of like where it was last year with Western, West Sioux, what's Line, those schools, where it was just a, a, a roaded distance. It's the
1: same thing. So that's why you yeah. see that. So, so that's the thing. Sioux Center would be the team at risk, I believe, but. I can't remember what their non-conference is going to be, and speaking of Sioux Center, they rolled over Sheldon 41-18. This is where you wanted to see the offense perform, and the offense perform. Zachary Rosenboom, 117 yards, two touchdowns. Matthew Baumgart, 160 yards, two touchdowns. They needed offense outside Zachary Rosenboom in this one, who did pass for two touchdowns and 97 yards on only four pass attempts, but this is a weak Sheldon team, so it it was what Sioux Center was supposed to do on this. What's a little concerning is the 18 points they gave up. They were all on the ground, but they only allowed 2.5 yards per carry. So basically Ke- Caleb Ackerman found Ty Sudbeck a few times. that they got the ball moving a bit in there. But uh, offensively, this is what you needed to see out of Sioux Center. Now it's sustaining that offense because I believe they have MLC Floyd Valley this week. Yes, they have MLC Floyd Valley. So you need to see another – you need to see back-to-back offense performances. That offense needs to get going. So like I said, they're under the season. It's Central Line, George Little Rock, West Line, and Unity Christian. So they need to get consistency out of this offense is what they need to in these these two games uh, going in there. So it was good to see Matthew Baumgart's uh, run for what he did um, to take some of the pressure off Zachary Rosenboom. <laughs>
0: Moving on to Class One A now. Uh, only one ranked team in the top ten in OABCIG. The number one with 131 media points. They were number one last week as well. They had 11 of the 14 first place votes. I did vote the OABCIG number one, Justin. I'm sure you did too. I did um, not. Oh, you didn't. Well, let's get into that. Who'd you vote for? Van Meter or
1: South Central Calhoun? Uh, South Central Calhoun and Van Meter. Okay. You want to expound on that a little? Yeah, uh, they've played some good opponents. Don't get me wrong. Um, they, they've, they've had the tougher schedule than OABCIG, and OABCIG is going to be in that kind of. They're still working through some things. As much as we want to praise OABCIG, we really should. They still have some issues on the line, and such. They need to need to get out. And those are two good teams. Those are two teams with good defensive lines right there. So OABCIG just needs to keep doing what they're doing because they weren't even ranked. For, for a good portion of last year, to be to be honest, so because you got Underwood at number four, for me, so here here's what here's what OAB side just keep doing, just keep winning, just keep winning big, you know. They've got East Sac, they got OCLU. then get ready. There's that they're at Underwood on the on the second, so that's the game that I'm really looking forward to. It has to be a team with a tough defense, a tough front line on the road. Against an OABCIG team that keeps getting better on the line, keeps getting better on defense, and that's you know Larry Allen ha- did not did not mince words when he said the offense line was going to be young this year. I mean, I don't I don't know if, Barry, if Larry Allen cares where they're ranked as long as they're making it into the postseason, making yeah. making a deep run in the postseason. Yeah. Van Meter was a very good team last year. They got a good amount back this year. And South Central Calhoun has a lot back from a very good team last year. Their physical up front and, and it's that, it's that physicality, it's, it's pretty much one two three could be number one. Um, so It's that game against Underwood coming up here on the second. That, that, that's going to be very telling for me for, for OAB, CIG. I don't think it's the, the end-all be-all because West Sioux beat West Lion last year. And, 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 and look who won the championship last year. And yeah. be West Lyon. Exactly. So things can change and OEBCIG is gonna keep getting better week by week. Are they the best team in class A right now? I don't know. Van Meter absolutely clocked Pan uh, Panorama this week, thirty to nothing. That's not a bad panorama team. No. They clocked Earlham forty to nothing. I I believe that's a good uh, Earlham team too. Uh, they were receiving votes at one point, I know that. So mm-hmm. it's not like they're 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 playing some pretty good opponents too, so you got to give them credit for that. So, I—that's I, the thing. I play strength of schedule into my voting. I really do. Um, that, 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 that's a big thing for me. is strength. I, I reward you for getting big wins. I reward you for getting pretty good wins. If you struggle against bad opponents, I penalize you. Plain and simple. If you struggle against bad teams, I penalize you. So. South Central Calhoun, and I should admit, South Central Calhoun hasn't played the toughest of schedule. They did beat a good St. Edmund team. Um, Actually, no, actually it's a Green County team. They did beat a good Green County team who isn't as good as they've been in the years past. Um, So, yeah. Uh, You know, I should really rethink that about South Central Calhoun. It should probably be Van Meter, OAB, South Central Calhoun. So we'll see what uh, South Central Calhoun does this week against Pocahontas area, who's playing pretty well this year. They're 3-0 right now, and, and that's a big matchup for both teams right there. So
0: so let me ask you this. I think the Falcons beat East Sack this week. I think they beat the Rams yeah. Yeah, next gonna be, week. So, <laughs> they're going to beat both those teams. Not, yeah. a, not, a, <laughs> not a long one I'm going out there on. I get that.
1: No, so no, no! I know. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I'm just saying that to, to confirm. Yeah, you're 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 exactly on point with that. Yeah. So if they beat Underwood on October
0: second, I know I'm looking three weeks ahead. Maybe they're the I'm number sure. one team in the class.
1: I was just about to ask, where would you put? Does, they're number does one. That... I've got Underwood number four. So if they're beating the number four team, okay, fair They're enough. they're moving up for me. Yeah, no doubt. So.
0: Yeah. Yep. Underwood, like you said, they're fourth place, ninety nine points. So they were fourth last. week in can... – the pole, too, just running down the rest and of
1: OAB the way. And OABCIG gets major points for beating Spirit Lake, too, and their defense holding, all, holding on there, too. So they do get major points for that as well. And,
0: so. and going back to, to the Northwest bias a little bit, I think uh, the west side of the state is stronger than the eastern side of the state. No, no insult to Sigourney, Keogh, Durant, I-35, or Pleasantville, but I just think the west side of the state is stronger, and, and – That's kind of what I played into my poll, and I'm sure you did too. And West Sue, you mentioned West Sue
1: earlier. They're the consummate twelfth number eleven team. And they're they're fifth in fourteen votes. Okay. West West Sue is fifth in my poll because their losses to Central Line George Little Rock, but I don't I don't think if people realize this. Central line George Little Rock may have clocked them forty to nothing, but Central Line George Little Rock is really good. Yes. So Yes. Uh, what did West Sioux do this week? Um, they they played a good Sioux Central team. What? Oh, they blasted them forty nine to sixteen. So that's a good Sioux Central team,
0: mm-hmm. and they
1: blanked them in the first half twenty one nothing in the first half. So, um, I I thought I thought uh, West Sioux had a really good performance this past week against Sioux Central. Um, running for six point six yards per carry, Wiggins was nine and uh 15 passing three touchdowns um blake van baliugan four receptions 120 yards two touchdowns and the defense played really well brady linot fumble recovery carter boltman fumble recovery they had four sacks this week carter boltman up front that's a sophomore in carter boltman by the mm-hmm. way so i thought west sue had a very good performance last week so and you rewarded them for it. I exactly. I rewarded them for it, and I just don't. I just don't feel that. I, I have those top four teams: the South Central Calhoun, Van Meter, OABCIG, Underwood. I feel are so far above the rest of that class in Class One A right now. That's that's nothing against other teams like South Hamilton and Pleasantville and uh, Sigourney, Chioda, um and such. Who I actually was voting for Pleasantville last week before their big win against Mount Iyer, by the way. Yeah. So um That's another tough game for West Sioux this week. They've got Western Christian at home, so that's another telling game. Yes, the record isn't there for Western Christian, but their defense is. Trust me on that one. um You know their their defense is. So we'll see what West Sioux does against Western Christian's defense. That's turning into a bit of rivalry there between West Sioux and Western Christian.
0: Moving on to Class A now as we break down the prep football poll from this week. Nobody in the top ten in our coverage, but we do have one team receiving votes, and that's Woodbury Central. Um, Woodbury Central, is is, I don't think they're as good of a team as they were last year, but they're progressing in the same types of ways as they were last year. It
1: was a nice win for them against Ikea Manning. They're really loving by their defense right now, though. They really are living by their defense. The offensive stats aren't, aren't that impressive. Um, Jace Manker, sixteen of thirty-two, another below five fifty percent game. No interceptions though, and two touchdowns. They didn't run for very many yards. Iqim Manning is, is better than their own own three record, but uh, the offense just isn't there right now. It's it's Maker to the bow, Kling Smith, and that seems to be the offense. That defense though, three sacks this week. Max, mm-hmm. and Bill, Ty Dennison, Warren Smith, nine tackles for losses, five by Gage uh, Hesel, who just has such a good eye for the football. So, um, it'll be tough to see what they do this week because uh, they they do really need to find some offense. If they're going to make a deep run in the postseason. Their run's not going to last that long. Uh, let's be honest. They really need to get that offense going, whether it's up front or whether it's Jace being a little bit off. He doesn't have the weapons he had last year. To be completely honest, but. We'll, we'll we'll see we'll see if they can get something going on offensively. Their game against uh, Woodbury uh, against uh, Westwood, which I thought was going to be a very telling game for both teams. That game got uh, got canceled because of COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. that's on Westwood side. Co- uh, Woodbury Central is looking for our team right now because the week after that they face Logan Magnolia, who is ranked right now. I've got Logan Magnolia ranked six. That's going to be a very tough game for for Woodbury Central. Just as tough as that Unity Christian game was a couple weeks ago where, where their offense got exposed against Unity.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate that that Westwood-Wilbury Central game got canceled due to COVID, but that's just the way things are nowadays. Like, If, if someone has tested positive, and we've talked about this both on and off the year before, you got to take the precautions that you need to. And I do respect the teams that have been honest about this and, and taken the Fire seriously, and obviously Woodbury and West uh, Woodbury and, uh Westwood have done that
1: this week. Yep. So, I'm yep. yep. um, looking at eight man. Remsen didn't play this week. So this was supposed to be their game against Tulane Christian, so they they did not get to play this past week. Um, New Ofonda did, um, and they absolutely ruled this week against West Bend Mallard fifty five nothing. That offense is just so powerful right now. Mm-hmm. Once again, West Bend Mallard is one and two. So. It, it will be nice to see what happens with New old Fonda when they play. I mean, that was a really nice one against Harris Lake Park to start the season. But you know, I, they've got Woodbine this week. Um, they they they. This was supposed to be Suma, um I believe this was supposed to be Christian Week for them. I think and you're right. So that got canceled. Now they got a three zero Woodbine team. This is the game I kind of want to see Woodbine and New Fonda. I'm granted, actually, I want to see uh Newell Fonda versus Rams and St. Mary's. So yes. I should I should specify that. But this is the game you want to see just because Woodbine is three now. Uh how are they gonna challenge Newell Fonda? Will Woodbine be able to slow down that that new Fonda offense? Uh what will Newell Fonda's defense do against uh, a team that, that's able to score a bit. Um so this is a very telling game for, for Newell Fonda this week. Mm-hmm. I, will, I will point out Harris Lake Park did come away with a twenty one nothing win uh, over Kingsley Pearson this past week. Um I was I was pretty happy. Uh, uh, I don't say happy to see that, but you know their defense played really well against an offense that can score some points. They did against Montezuma, and you know they, they and, uh, shut them out. So maybe that defense is improving. is it was, it was a much needed win for Harris Lake Park this past week.
0: Yeah, yeah. And th- just going back to the Hawks for a second, Remsen St. Mary's had two first place votes, so sitting in fourth this week with a two and O record. Um, what makes the Hawks a first place caliber team in your mind?
1: Honestly, that offense. I mean, you got so many weapons on offense still that they're they're very dangerous. And an eight man, that's that's a lot right there. So, um, I, I think, and they have played a tougher schedule than some other teams. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say tougher schedule, uh, what mm-hmm. was it there? Um, uh, I shouldn't say tougher because I think I gave them some credit for uh, the Harris Lake Park victory. Mm-hmm. And now we know Harris Lake Park isn't as good, so maybe that's part of the reason there. But you know, they're they're Don Bosco. It's just they're the team that everyone votes for. <laughs> yeah. They just have. I did, I, and I and I, I get why people did. It's just they don't play anyone, and that's part of the area too. And, and I think they had a couple good games that were canceled because and the fact of the matter, they didn't play this past week either. You know how yeah. long are they going to be out?
0: A while because, weeks? well, a while because they, northeast East Iowa doesn't have very
1: many eight-man teams up no, there. No, yeah, they don't have they, they've got enough eight-man teams up there but the fact is the matter, the COVID test is on their end from what I believe.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So so how, how long are they going to be without games? Yeah. Is Don Bosco going to play this week? So and yeah, Remsen had their game postponed, uh, had their game canceled against Sulan Christian, but they're two really nice performances begin the year, so oh, mm-hmm. they're, they're pretty good from last year. They're finding their defense. Um, uh, they play uh, GTRA next week, which, which is a pretty good uh, game for them. Next week, um, this week they've got West Bend Mallards. They should roll this week. So yeah, yeah they should they should
0: so, Are there any other teams, any other games up upcoming week? We haven't mentioned that are on your radar this week.
1: Uh not really, to be honest. Um, i uh, there. There's all LCS- I should mention there's LCC against Elkhorn Valley. That's a two-win two LCC team um, going against Elkhorn Valley and the Nebraska side. So I, sh- I shouldn't have said not really, but you know, so that'll be telling to see what uh, LCC does at home against a pretty good uh, Elkhorn Valley team Um that aspect. Ethan is running the ball really well for mm-hmm. LCC this season. So I'll uh, we'll see if he can keep it going against Elkhorn Valley. If he can, that's a team that enters the top ten rankings um, in that aspect. So... Uh, That that's a big game there on the Nebraska side. Um, Plainview is uh, facing Hardington-Newcastle. However, Hardington-Newcastle has had to uh, postpone, has had to cancel the last two games because of COVID. So uh, if Hardington-Newcastle does play this week, how do they bounce back after two weeks off? They had a good first game, so we'll see if they can bounce back here uh, against Plainview this week. Alright, you're listening to this
0: SCJ Preps podcast here on com. I'm Zach James. He's Justin Rest. And just as a reminder, make sure to check out com to check out past stories, photos, photo galleries, anything you want to see from what's been going on in the fall, uh, make sure to check out com. And don't forget to check out the E-Edition on Mondays and Tuesdays. Uh, we, we aren't going away on Mondays and Tuesdays, even though there's no print product. We aren't going away on Mondays and Tuesdays. We're still providing you um, high-quality content on the sports side on those days. Now let's jump over to the Volleyball side. And, uh, Justin, you were at a pretty good match on Tuesday night between Unity and Galen. Both teams were ranked in the top ten. Both in different classes. Both teams still ranked in the top ten. Let's start there since you were there uh, most recently on Tuesday night. Unity... Uh, had a big first set. They kind of set the tone in sweeping the Jays at home on Tuesday night. Where would you? What are your biggest takeaways besides that first set from that match on Tuesday
1: night? Um, Unity's had a really good last few days. They went to the uh, Sioux County tournament. They beat MLC Floyd Valley to start, lost to Sioux Falls Christian, lost to Western Christian, beat Boyden Hall Rock Valley, beat Sioux Center, three and two day for Unity, which – which was really good. Then you come in and beat a, both teams. All three of those teams were ranked. Then you come in and beat a ranked Galen Catholic team that, that went to the state tournament last year. Unity did this all without Janie Schoonhoven, probably their top attacker. Her sister, Gracie, could, could go up for that, but everyone's kind of focusing on her right now. Janie Schoonhoven, a very good attacker, if not their best attacker, and she's really good in the back row. So you take that out of the equation. She's had to quarantine for COVID-19. Then you take Josie uh, Blyle out, who's had to quarantine for COVID nineteen, and Lucy Zilstra, who would have played on the right side this year. So now, uh, so now you're losing two key back row players. You're you're putting in two players in the back row, and Deckers and Kaya uh, Wassinger in the back row that that wouldn't, wouldn't be playing on a regular basis. Janie Schoonhoven's playing in the back row, of course. Jenna Bauman's been playing a little bit more in the back row uh, when she's serving. So. So you have basically an almost entirely new back row back there. And so that's made the passing a little inconsistent, but they're able to get enough down where the offense has been good enough to win these matches. Yes, all the focus is on, Jane, on Gracie Schoonhoven, who's very, very good. But you needed more, and tonight you saw that on Tyra Sweetman. You saw it out of Daisy Dreesen. They got some big kills. Jenna Bauman got some big kills. And that same lot considering – Gracie and Janie were the two coming back this season. They lost their their third attacker, uh, Michael Blyo, from um, to graduation. So they really need that third one to step up. And they didn't know if it would be Zilstra, Sweetman. Sweetman only played in a handful of sets last year, so you didn't know if that'd be uh, our Muscle, or, or Bowman. And to see them step up offensively that way, and then after winning that first set, coming back, Tyra Sweetman had a great end to that first set. She, she really stepped up. This could be the beginning of something for her. She's only a sophomore. So if Unity, it, it's very telling for Unity to get these ranked wins without without Janie Schoonhoven. Cause I, I, that's a huge piece of that team, folks. So I, I think they've really earned that number four ranking in, in Class 3A, and when they get Janie Schoonhoven back, this is a team that could compete for the title.
0: And I was just about to say, when Janie comes back, do you think she can mat- get back into the mix and match early enough so that there's no there's no lots of lots of pace, lots of you know where I'm getting that. Not, not, yeah,
1: not she's going to she's gonna slide right in. There yeah. may be a little bit of rust, but it'll all be ready to go by the postseason. I, I think Unity is an absolute team that can contend for the state title this year.
0: Yeah, and Unity is ranked fourth in class 2A in last week's full behind, in class 2A behind Mount Vernon, Osage, and Clarion and Goldfield-Davs. Now let's We'll get back to 3A. We'll talk about 6 Center here in, a, in MOC, Floyd Valley here in a little bit. But let's start at the top with Class 1A uh, rankings from last
1: week. Or um, we, we can go from the Metro and work their way down. Yeah, Sergeant, we'll do Bluff, let's do that. Let's do Sergeant that. Sergeant Bluff-Luton got a huge win over, over Western Christian last week. I cannot understate how big of a win that was for, for Sergeant Bluff-Luton because Western Christian, there is that pressure. They are working a number of new girls in it. but... It's Western Christians. You always expect them to be contending for a state title. And they will contend for a state title in Class 2A this year. Um, but Sergeant Bluff-Luton was such a big match because they're the ones that pulled out the win. They had enough offense to get by. It was their back row that played so well. My, Mia Gamut played so well in that back row. Uh, as Tammy Verbeek said, she did not. Mia did not let a ball ball drop back there. So That was huge for Sergeant Bluff-Luton. It really showed they are deserving of their top five ranking in Class 4A. Um, This is a team that they may have their bumps here and there, but they're they're usually going to pull it out. I mean, their one loss this year is to MLC Floyd Valley. Since then, they've knocked off North and four. That's an improved North team. They knocked off Western Christian in four. North did get another set against them at at the Lamar's tournament this weekend, but they, they hung on to get that win. They swept Galen Catholic. They handled Lamar's quite easily, and of course they handled uh, West. So they do have the big match next Tuesday at, at Council Bluffs Abe Lincoln, who I don't believe is as good as they've been in the past years. So um, so Sergeant Bluff Luton to get that win over Western Christian. That's going to keep feeding the confidence of some of these, these new attackers in there. This offense is... is I'm not going to say it's as dangerous a lot as it was last year with Kenzie Foley, but Emma Salkers really... Renee Winkle is probably not going to be happy with me saying this, but I really think that Emma Salker is a bona fide number one attacker, superstar number one attacker. Renee saying they don't have that Kenzie Floyd, but I think they've got an Emma Salker who I think is going to be just dangerous Had 20 kills against Western Christian. She is a player. She played in the national tournament this year. Emma Salker is going to be that, that, that next big attacker in this area. Um, I, I think she's the one you build the offense around. And they got two nice pieces and very nice pieces: Michaela Grody and Addie Moser to go along mm-hmm. with Lens too. And Isabel Lens has made progression from last year in that middle. So they got four people that can attack. Uh, Maddie Hinkle can attack too in that six-two. So you got that. If that back row keeps playing like it is, this going to be a very very dangerous team. As they should be ranked number four, but that one against Western Christian really proved it.
0: I, I know the ring number before, and all of a sudden, this may be a dumb question, but I'm supposed to ask dumb questions in this business. You don't ask any questions you don't know, and I think you know the answer to this question. Is SBL a title c- contender
1: again this year? I think that win over Western Christian puts that in them in that conversation. They weren't before, but beating Western Christian, I think, really puts that in th- them in that conversation. I think Xavier's the clear cut one right now. Western Dubuque's going to be in that area, and then, then you got Marion as well. So they, they, they've got some people there, but I, I really think this puts them in that conversation uh, in terms of title contenders. You, they're a defending state champs. I don't think you can rule them out now. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think you really got to put them in there for state title contenders now. I wasn't sure before this, but after beating Western Christian, that does put them in the conversation, I feel. All
0: right. Staying in the Metro, let's stay, let's stick with the Healing. They're they're four and five overall, but they're three 0 in the Missouri Valley. See from the Crusaders and what, what stands out to you about, about them, especially in conference play?
1: Uh their win against uh Sioux City East was, was really key for them. Uh they've really built on that. They're three 0 in the conference. They're they're big they went one and four in the Bellevue tournament and since then they've gone four and one. Or so, they, so they've really turned things around with that. Um it's really hard to find scores for them cuz for some reason their 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 varsity balance doesn't work that well but they they they're getting good offensive performances um and such from from uh, Avery Nelson and, and Grace Nelson. Uh, Avery Nelson has 57 kills this year. She she's really playing well. Uh, Ellie Gangler's uh really getting the ball around uh, on that offense so um blocking wise too Grace and Avery Nelson have really teamed up well that that was Grace having uh 26 blocks and Avery, 25 blocks. Their blocks been big. They're getting good enough offense. I, I, I've just been impressed with how with how they've bounced back um, since that, that Bellevue tournament. Getting that win against East was was absolutely huge for them. 3-0 in the conference. So they, they've got a match next week against North coming up. They've got the CYO tournament this weekend on Sunday coming up. We'll see how they match up there and how they come out of that. Um this could be a team that's that's a little bit more dangerous than what people thought. Lauren Probst is doing a very good job with that.
0: Yes, she is. Yes, she is. Is,
1: is Lauren kind of the front
0: runner for just a Metro Coach of the Year if we if we did one of those, or is that still Renee?
1: That's still Renee. No. Uh, no. to, to to lose what they, to lose what they did with Kenzie Foley and Ellie Sneller and and and, and yeah, you know, I'm, I'm missing someone there too. There, um, Renee mm-hmm. Rogers. They lost a lot of offense. Emma was the one you knew was coming back that I could provide offense. But for them to be playing the way they are right now, Renee Winkle would have to be my leader right there, with, with Lauren being kind of second. And maybe maybe the, the, the co-coach is at East. I need to see more out of East, though.
0: What, what, let's go there. Let's go with the Black Raiders next. What do you need to see out of East? It just seems – I don't want to say inconsistent. Maybe Jekyll and Hyde is a little they're, bit They're absolutely
1: large. inconsistent. They're, they're They're absolutely inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I don't know what team we're getting out of them day in and day out. I, I just don't. You know, whether they drop a set here and there, whether it's, you know, that they, they, they won in Fortnite against Abraham Lincoln, who, who is ranked right now. I think they drop out of the rankings. I think East might replace them. But they go five sets against Heelan, which was supposed to be down this year. So, to be honest, I, I, I just, I need to see more out of East. I need to see more consistency. They're 5-2. and two. Um their losses coming to MLC Floyd Valley in three, which which is not a bad loss at all. No, um, they lost in five to Heelan, which wasn't a eh thing, but they dropped a set to they dropped a set to South Sioux, and South Sioux is awful. South Sioux is absolutely awful. You cannot drop a set to South Sioux, so it, it's it's little things like that that show up. You know, they go three with North, and if they're as good as they say they are, they should, North is much improved. And we're gonna get on them here second, but, yes, you know. Their schedule isn't exactly scaring me either. They, they're they going to the Cherokee tournament. They get Siouxland Christian and Hinton, and we'll see who they get after that, but that's not much. They got Thomas Jefferson. They got the rematch against Heelan on the 26th. So that'll be telling what happens against Heelan. That's at the Sioux City tournament, the Sioux City East tournament, by the way, when they have Heelan again. They also have Sheldon. They got Council Bluffs, Abe Lincoln in that tournament. So... We'll see how they do in that tournament um, and, and such there, if they can keep it going. So,
0: Give me quick hits on, on north and west. We'll talk about Dakota Valley here in a minute, obviously, too, but but let's stay in the uh, city. Yeah,
1: there's not much to say about west right now. They've kind of regressed from what we saw from their early season winning in South Point Jefferson. They just got blasted by Sergeant Ball the tonight. So it, it's back to drawing board there. They're young. We'll see if they can get something going here, but they they kind of dropped off that radar. North is a team that I'm, I'm becoming more and more impressed with. Now, they they did go, I believe it was, um, they did lose to Cherokee last week in five. Also, Sergeant Bluff in four. Lost uh, last week. They did beat Galen Catholic, and they beat Lamars in three. There's something there. They're, they're, they're quietly building. How good are they? That's that's yet to be seen. They're eleven and nine right now. Yeah. They're right in the middle of that miracle. they've made the improvements they have last year. They're tough in the middle with Courtney Johnson and Madison Craighead. They're tough in the middle. Um, Olivia O'Brien's been making sure they she gets it to the middle. That's a girl with one thousand career assists after tonight, so if she can keep getting it to their two middles. That's a very that, that 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 I shouldn't say very dangerous. That that's a pretty good combo. They have the they might have. The second best middles in the conference, next to Lens and and Salker. So if they can get that going, if they can consistently get a good enough back row play to get the ball, a good first pass to O'Brien, and she can get it to the middle middle hitters of Craig Head and Johnson, that's a team that, that that can make a little noise. Well, we'll see what they have now. Too, they're taking sets from key teams now. Is getting all the hump and winning those. I think the match against Healing is going to be very telling on Tuesday. Um, that's that's at Heelan. I think that's a very telling match for for North and Heelan, for both North and for Heelan on that night. Yeah, who needs that match more? I think Heelan needs that match more because they are Heelan. So if they want to show up their back that they're making a run, I think that's huge because that next night, even if North do, does lose to Heelan, they're always going to bounce back win against Lewis Central at the at the at the East Invite the next week. So. Lewis Central's a, a team that's ranked 14th. I mean that's easier said than done. So right. I think I think the big thing out of this might be it might be a little bit better for, for Helon to get the win than North right now. Cause no one expected anything out of Healing. I expected at least North to be better. If Healand knocks off North, that's exactly the direction they need to be going in. So
0: Yeah. And then obviously Dakota Valley's doing what they're doing oh in gosh. North Sioux City. Um, beating a really good Sioux Falls-Washington yeah. team, one that has a lot of size and one that has a Louisville basketball commit uh, on its roster, and I was at that match on Saturday, and I was just impressed with the poise that the Panthers had. They could have fallen apart after they lost that first set, but I, Mary Miller just brought their girls together, had them come together and have a lot of poise to beat uh Sioux Falls-Washington on Saturday afternoon. And that's just the Dakota Valley team who, that we're going to see for the rest of the year. This is just going to be a poised team um, geared to go back to Rapid City for the state volleyball tournament and hopefully beat a Sioux Falls-Christian team, hopefully in the title match.
1: Right now, I don't know. I mean, it's Dakota Valley, Sioux Falls-Christian, and Class A because that Sioux Falls-Washington team moved up in the rankings number three. They, they, they were coming off and of went over then third-ranked Watertown. Um, then Washington takes that first set. So they're on an absolute roll. For Dakota Valley to, to handle those next three sets, to win that in four after losing that first set, I thought it was absolutely very telling for that team. Their block is working well. That's a tall Sioux Falls-Washington team. They're taller than what Sioux Falls Christian is going to be. Um, I saw Sioux Falls Christian, they were missing their middle hitter this week because of COVID-19, um, so I didn't get a scene with their middle hitter. But if they can get their block up, that is going to be absolutely huge against Sioux Falls Christian in that match. Um, I, I really like what Dakota Valley's doing, what Mary Miller's doing. If their block is working, they're going to have the offense. Sioux Falls Christian's going to have the offense. For them to slow down the height of Sioux Falls, Washington, they always say you can't teach height. Well, you can teach no. height. You can, abs- no, you, you, you can teach height. That is the dumbest saying in any sport is you can't teach height. How good was George Murassan in basketball? Yeah, he was all right. He wasn't good in the NBA. He, he, he was a tall guy. How good is Boban, whatever his name is, for the Mavericks? Nah, they're not in the Western Conference Finals. And he's the tallest player in the NBA, right? Right. And he's not even close to a top 30 big man, is he? I wouldn't think so, no. You can absolutely not teach height. You can have height, but you can absolutely teach height. Because having height alone does not mean you are going to dominate. And that's the biggest thing for Dakota Valley. They weren't the tallest team out there. And they played better with their height compared to what Sioux Falls, Washington did. If Sioux Falls, Washington has all that height, how come they're not blocking everything Dakota Valley brings at them?
0: It's a a fair question. And and Dakota Valley, Valley found a way to get around them.
1: Exactly. They were the smarter team out there. They used their height more effectively than what Sioux Falls, Washington did. You Absolutely can teach height. That's so. That's one of my pet peeves because you can teach height. You can. Everyone says, "Oh, you can't teach height." Well, just because you're tall doesn't make you good. And Dakota Valley's got some tall girls, and they play well the net. Sioux Falls, Washington, had taller girls, and Dakota Valley beat them at the net. So that's absolutely telling for Dakota Valley. Huge stepping stone as they get ready for the matchups. Next Thursday, they 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 travel to Sioux Falls Christian, I believe.
0: That's going to be an absolutely barn burner of a match. That'll be that'll be a very fun match to to watch next week between Dakota Valley and Sioux Falls Christian. By the way, shout out Nuggets for making the Western Conference Finals. Didn't think you'd make it, but now you're there and you're facing the Lakers for the shot at the finals. So very who, impressive. Who guys. has who I has think.
1: the taller team? The Nuggets or the Clippers?
0: Believe the Clippers do. Off the, off the top of my head.
1: And the, and the Nuggets are the one advancing, right? And a right. game, and a game where height... Come down from a 3-1 deficit, too. And, and a game where height means everything in basketball, a team yes. that's not as tall wins. Right, right. You can, you can teach height. That's, that's, that, that's one thing that always bugs me. You can teach height, whether it's volleyball or basketball, you you can teach it, so.
0: and the Heat are smaller on the perimeter, and they're faring well against the Celtics so far in their yep. series. So, so that that makes a whole lot. Of sense. I believe
1: I believe the Heat are the taller team inside in that one, though, with Kelly Olmick. and um,
0: inside, yes, inside, which well, yes, well, well, just on the perimeter. Uh, because I, mean, I
1: think the perimeter is going to be more important in that series. But but the Celtics also have the tallest mm-hmm. guy in there, and, and um, the kid from Central Florida tackle Fall, but he's on IR. Right this now. is true. This is true. But he wasn't. Yeah. So. But looking at the other teams in the area, um, we touched on Western Christian. I will again um, here. Western Christian, you know, after losing to Sergeant Bluff-Luton, all they did was go four and one and barely lose to Sioux Falls Christian for that one loss at, at the Sioux County tournament. Tammy Verbeek really liked how they bounced back. So they were disappointed. They didn't play to their potential against Sergeant Bluff-Luton um, and losing in four sets there. Um she was happy with the way they looked, balanced back. Still, Winterfield looked really good out there um, on on Saturday. So they they've got an offensive tack. That's the thing, as Tammy Verbeek said. There's a lot of pressure to being Western Christian, and she's absolutely right. Everyone expects you to be state title contenders. They're ranked number one right now in Class Two A, and I'm guessing that's going to stay the ranking after what they did this weekend. Um, who's the team ranked number two in Class Two A? Well, that'd be Dyke New Hartford, by the way. So. <laughs> They have a tr- rich they, tradition. They've got a rich tradition too. So so that who knows? Maybe that's another lineup there too. So um so so Western Christian look looked to be Western Christian on on Saturday. You know, the back row played pretty well. Um the Haas has been really good up front. m uh, o Emma Westball's been getting some blocks with her too. So you, you you've got a lot of offensive talent there at Western Christian still. It's young, so they're still learning, and they play a really tough schedule, but right now they look at every bit the part of a Class 2A uh, title contender, which I is, is synonymous with Western Christians. Yes, so <laughs> Now the other team in Class 2A that was there that was ranked as number four, ranked Boyden Hall. and I'm really having I'm, I'm really struggling to see why they are ranked number four. They went 0 five at this tournament, and they just did not get any consistent offense whatsoever. They missed Brooke Zilstra completely. Um, I just, that something was not clicking for them this weekend or something, but Leah Rosenberg and Marissa Potterbaum are good offensive players. Um, but they're not game changing offensive players, at least not yet. Maybe it's because they don't get the ball consistently enough. Maybe it's because not around them. So you can really set up the block for either one of them when they're out there, but they're not the game changes right now. And that really hurt Boyden Hall in every match they were in this past weekend. They're in a, a good amount of their matches. They couldn't finish any of them, and that's that was because of the lack of offense consistency from Boyden Hall. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's 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 important to have good offense there. What other teams catch your eye in the Siouxland, uh volleyball <laughs> scheme of things?
1: Um. Uh, MLC Floyd Valley has a really nice one over Sergeant Bluff Luton, but they haven't built on it. Unity Christian catching them in that first match was really good for Unity Christian, but it kind of takes MLC Floyd Valley out of that state c- title contender thing I was thinking before. Them going two and three, they hung what they, I mean, they absolutely dominated Sioux Falls Christian for a set. I think it was 21 7. They won one of those sets and they stuck with Western Christian, so they're still really good. They're still a top 10 team. But that loss to Unity Christian kind of, Yes, Unity Christian is ranked fourth, but they're without Janie Schoonhoven. They came out flat in that first match against Unity Christian. That really cost them. That could have been, if you beat Sergeant Bluff if Luton and then you followed up with a win against Unity Christian, you're also in the top five team. You're, you're talking, hey, maybe we can compete for a state title. They're still in the top ten conversation. They can make it to state conversation. No doubt about that. But it's taking that extra step that MLC Floyd Valley wants to take in the final year of Jazlyn DeHaan, how they can be more consistent because she can carry them a long ways. You know, now it's up to kind of some of those other girls. They got a good mm-hmm. back row with, with, with Caitlin back there. Can they take that next step then? They didn't come out as strong as, as, as their coach would have liked them to. She, she said that in the story. So we'll see what they can do there. And then staying in three, there's Sioux Center. They only Their one match one was against Boyden Hall. They've got a very good block. They've got a very good block. They have no offense. You you can just set up the block against uh, Reagan Johnson, um, she's very good. Don't get me wrong, but they have uh, they they need a lot of for as good as their block is, they and because they've got some height to go with that block, they can't get anything going on offense outside of her consistently. It's all kind of her. I asked one of the college coaches there. It's really just Reagan Johnson for them, isn't it? And he said absolutely. That's a college coach saying that. So until they get some consistency around Reagan. I don't. I don't know if they make it to the state tournament. Just because, like I said, their block is really good. But once teams start tooling around that and everything, you're you're, you're in a lot of trouble. And that's that's exactly what happened. Teams started tooling around that block. They started hitting around that block, going down line or wherever the block was. not you know, it, it's a really good block, but it can't win every point for you.
0: You're right. Right. So.
1: Any Anything else on the volleyball side of things? Uh, Newell is playing well. I haven't had a chance to really deep dive in their stuff, but they are playing well. Galen Catholic, it'll be interesting to see what happens when they get everyone back. They haven't played with the full team yet this year because of COVID-19. They're missing the libero Alyssa Colbeck on Tuesday. Honestly, even they have Colbeck back, I don't know if that it keeps them in a little closer. But, you know, yeah, they weren't getting good first passes, but I think they really have some Sutter stuff to work out right now We'll see what they can get rolling right now uh, with with Galen Catholic. So, right, right.
0: I'll just give you a quick three three second of minute synopsis on what's been going on in the cross country season so far. Kaya Downs and Beats is dominating. Um, I'm just eager to see if she can continue that uh, going into the postseason. I think she will. I think she's the clear kite conference champion. She might be the four regional champion too. Um, North boys are ranked second. Uh, Jason Bowley was finally won his first race of the season last week, last Saturday, I believe. Uh, I don't remember where they were off the top of my head. Uh, Lewis Central is where Yeah, they were. Lewis
1: Central, yep, yep.
0: Uh, they, they they run on Saturday at a really good meet in Pella called the Heartland mm-hmm. Classic down at Central. Uh, it's if they that, can finish it's, it's the hosted two's.
1: by... Run by, isn't that run by like Des Moines Rose run- or something? But yeah, it's at, it's at Polo's really nice
0: course. Yeah, it's a really nice course at Central's course. Uh, really nice meet, really nice, well run meet, like you said. Um, if they can finish top two, top three, I think they are in the conversation for a 4A state team championship. I think the big key for the stars there on Saturday is they just need to pack their th- number three through six. They just do World War, and and Jason Bowers will do what they do on Saturday, but it just comes down to Gabe Natch, Bashana Gutima, um, Yaman Kifley, and I can't think remember their number six, uh, Colin Greenwell. It just comes down to those four guys just packing together up towards the front of the pack. And if they can, um I think they can compete with Dubuque instead um in the four uh, scheme of things. But I do think John I do think Dowling had something to say about that. I do think Suda Falls had something to say yep. about that.
1: Small schools. Um, um, I will, I will, I will butt in here. But um, now, Gabe Nash—he's only a sophomore, isn't he? I think I believe so. Yes. And his dad is David Nash, correct? Yes. It so, is. I, I, he, I how, how impressed have you been with him coming along? Because I don't remember hearing that name a lot last year. I believe Gabe has has come along. A lot. Yes, he has. Was, last year was the emergence of Will Lore from what I from what I got from your your stuff out of North last year. Seems this year Gabe Nash could be could be a pretty big key for them. And of, of course, it starts with. with with Will and, and and Jason, don't get me wrong; those two, those two are really good. It was nice to see Jason pick up the first one. I, I feel if Gabe Nash runs to his potential, that that, that can be a big difference.
0: I think. Will. I think with by the time, maybe even next year too, because I think North was going to be extremely competitive next year too with Jason being the only, with Jason being the main senior out of those top six. They do have three seniors on the team. Collins is senior too, if I remember correctly. But I think within the, the next year or two. I think Gabe can be a top 20 to top 25 runner in 4A. I absolutely can. I, I think I think North will be competitive in the next couple of years team-wise. I think Gate Nash does have a lot to say about that. Absolutely. I think North has something to build. Yes, they have, they have all their chips on the table this year, but they do have a lot to build off of once the three uh, North seniors graduate this year. Absolutely.
1: Uh, you mentioned the area teams. I know uh, Woodbury Central Kingsley Pearson is is, mm-hmm. is someone is a team you're really high on. That. I think it's mm-hmm. like, right yeah. I, think, I think they got two really good front runners there, and that, that could be huge for them.
0: Yeah, Siri Hammond is in. Eric Coons so are going to be two. their two main runners on uh, that roster that shoot tonight on Tuesday night. Uh, they ran fairly well. Uh, Hammond led the pet, led WCKP uh, with an eighth place. Finish, um, just looking at, Sarah Putze finished second for the team. And Mary Putze and Erica Kurtz was fourth among the WCKP runners tonight. So, there's a lot of depth. There's a lot of, of, of the, it, it can interchange between that WCKP lineup. And that's kind of what you want to see. But they are running kind of in a pack this year. Um, all four girls win in the top 17 Tuesday night at their home courts in Mobile. So that's good to see. Unity's going to be right there, too. Unity Groves have a new coach and Jake Beimer this year. That's going to be interesting to see what the Knights can do with some new leadership after Mark Cock, um kind of re- uh, retired from his post. We're going to try and do a story on that in the next week and a half. And, uh, yeah, it, the, the Siouxland, the Kratts country scene, it's just as deep as it's the volleyball scene, and I'm eager to see what runners kind of emerge as we kind of turn the corner on the halfway point of the season?
1: Yeah, it seems like the area cross country is taking a step forward. There's a lot of good yes, it has. So, so I, like I said, I'm mm-hmm. really interested. I, 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 I'm really interested in see what they do against, against North this year. Yep, or, I do do, so. do with Nor- <laughs> the North boys, what they do at State this year. Like I said, but that, that, that run at Pella is going to be really telling. For I, I think they got another good uh, meeting at so- after that, too.
0: So they were supposed to compete at the Grier next weekend, but that got, yes, po- that got canceled. Obviously, yeah. and they, that was the right call by Minnesota. The other big meet that they always slated to run in this year, uh, a meet you're familiar with back in your Waverly days, um, the Johnson Invitational, I believe it's called out in Waverly. And that's going to be a huge meet too. Cedar Falls is going to be yeah, there. Hempstead's going to yep, be there. Yep. So that's going to be that's going to be the big meet for. North, and that's going to be a consummate district meet for him. I, I don't think they're looking at it that way. Maybe that's not. Maybe they should be looking at it that way, in my opinion. But, um, that's going to be a
1: huge meet for them too. Just I just wonder if just they don't want to put too much pressure on that because the postseason. Oh, that that, is, might, matter. that so I th- is. I think it. that's kind of why they want it to be the measuring stick right now, but not the end all be all.
0: So. I don't think it'll be the end all be all, but I think the stars have the confidence that yeah. they know that they can win Saturday, that they can win at the Johnson in a couple of weeks, and that they do have a chance to win it all in a month and a half. In, in, two, in I guess, yeah, a month and a half. In a month and a half in Fort Dodge. And that's all the time that they have, all the runners. They have a month and a half to get, to get everything put together, and that's plenty of time to, to get things together. As long as you're in shape, 30 days is enough to get you maybe from uh, top fifteen, top ten to getting into that on the Metavus podium uh over in Fort Dodge. And obviously and not to leave out the South Dakota and Nebraska runners. South Sioux has a couple good boys runners and Verm- vermilion boys I think have a shot to contend for the state title up there in South Dakota too. So we'll have to keep an eye on them as uh the we start to turn colors here in the Siouxland. That'll do it for this edition of the SCJ Preps Podcast We're on com. For Sports Editor Justin West, this is Assistant Sports Editor Zach James. Thanks for sticking with us through this hour plus, and we'll talk to you next time.